my mai, haere mai, ki tēnei hōtaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National Friday. Hello, I'm Wallace Chapman. Now, people with mental health and anxiety are being tested as many of us head into another potentially major weather event. We discuss eco-anxiety just after 4pm this afternoon and what you need to know with MedService. The combined death toll in Turkey and Syria from Monday's devastating earthquake risen to at least 21,000. Melbourne-based Salih Yusel has been, had been clinging to hope that his sister could be pulled alive. Remzay was trapped under the ruin of a three-storey building in Turkey. Salih joins us on that just after 4.30pm this afternoon on the panel. And our guest, who's going to be joining us this afternoon, wrote, The heart of the issue became glaringly obvious to me. The societal mismatch between school being nine to three and work being nine to five is absolutely bonkers. We explain just after four thirty uh, on that issue, and this came up in the staff room over a uh, birthday afternoon tea. If we were to hold a retro afternoon tea, what would be in it? Now, my producer Charlie said cucumber sandwiches. It was a thing in Britain. Cucumber, thinly sliced, you've got your butter. That's all. Cucumber sandwiches. What would I bring? A Ninish tart is what I'd bring. So let's have a retro afternoon tea this afternoon on the panel. What would you bring? Uh, and it's Valentine's Day, Tuesday. If you would like us to read a special message to your loved one next Tuesday on this very show, <coughs> sorry, <laughs> get in touch. And we will read it for you. I'll get someone special to read it. It could be, could be, it could be Peter Micklethwaite. I don't know. Just you, your special loved one, and the panel, all three of us. There's room for all. You can email me at the panel at rnz.co.nz. Well, with me today, James Elliott, legal consultant, you just heard there, and columnist at Newsroom, also an English language teacher. Uh, Will you be the first to send me an email? To send you an email? for? <laughs> I've kind of been talked into that now, haven't I? Yes, it's going to be so intimate, just you, me, and all the listeners. <laughs> Looking forward to it. My wife will be thrilled. <laughs> How are you, James? Good. And by the way, thanks for the reminder that it's Valentine's Day. Thanks for that. <laughs> I appreciate the reminder. Tuesday, that's right. Yeah. Uh, also, Rowani Pereira, a journalist and reporter for Three's The Hui and News Hub. Uh, Rowani, kia ora. I, not with us yet. Now, uh, let's start with this. Uh, reading for fun is declining amongst the young and needs to be addressed, says research from AUT. And I asked, what was the popular, popular young person's book that you read? Oh, the, just, the, the emails and texts came flooding in. Our nine-year-old son uh, and both parents are totally hooked on the Wings of Fire series. We read the novels together. There are graphic novels too. We're addicted. Another one here. If I had owned it, I would have not put it down till finished. But our Form 2 teacher in 1962, she read a chapter to the class every Friday until it was finished. The book was The Silver Sword by Ian Serralier. It was about four refugee children looking for their parents after World War II. It had such a huge impact on me, I've never forgotten it. Now, with us is Rebecca. Rebecca, welcome. Thank you. Hello, Wallace. Uh, What's yours? 
Well, um, I was at boarding school and um, I used to read Under the Covers of the Torch because we weren't supposed to have the lights on, uh, The Shining by Stephen King. <sighs> it was really scary. <laughs> <laughs> and just thinking about it, just thinking about you, here you are, A, you're at boarding school, so you're by yourself, B, you're 13, and C, it's at night time with a torch and you're reading one of the scariest books of all time. You're really, um, you're really saying something. What an extraordinary book, Rebecca. And you still recall it? Well, I don't remember the details, but I do remember that at the end of every chapter, I'd, I'd be coming to the end of the chapter and I think, right, I've got to stop now. I've just got to stop because I'm so scared. But <laughs> at the end of every chapter, it would draw you into the next chapter, so you just had to keep reading it. It was oh, frightening. Yeah. James, have you read it? No, but I've, I've um, I made my children watch it. I decided when they were teenagers of a certain age, I said, you need to watch this movie. And then I asked myself a few hard questions about responsible parenting. But as a, I don't know if it's a book, but as the movie, it's very slow. It's very slow. It yes. builds and it builds and it builds and it builds. And they were hooked. They were hooked. And, of course, the thing is there's so many references, cultural references that spring from, from the movie. But, no, I haven't read the Rewani, book. Rewani, have you read The Shining? I haven't read it. I've seen the movie, though. Um, terrifying. Like, scary, but I've actually stayed in... Hotels that are probably scarier than um, the movie. Yeah. yeah. Rebecca, <laughs> thanks for being with us on Friday, Kia ora. You're very welcome. Right. Uh, GP visits, trying to get in to see your local GP. That came uh, up as well yesterday. I had an appointment yesterday at my doctor's, booked three weeks ago. It's a good practice, nice building, modern offices. It usually has had three or four actual doctors on site. They now have only a single doctor working there. I was the only one in the whole waiting area while I was there. But while waiting, two people came in to see if they could enrol to see a doctor. They were both turned away. This is a very serious issue for New Zealand, says Greg. Also, um, the Citizens, Citizens Advice Bureau. Okay, so uh, I don't know whether or not you've been to see that. Many people have. Um, there is a proposal, and it's just a draft proposal for the Citizen, Citizen, Citizens Advice Bureau, started in 1970 to be chopped uh, in Tamaki Makoto. So you've got 32 officers, 1,000 volunteers. It is a proposal because Auckland City is very short of money. Sonia says, I was one deeply grateful, financially struggling older person struggling to understand the trust document after a divorce. I did not know where to go for help, and they were kind and clear in their advice as to where to go for knowledge and appropriate experts. It has always been a comfort to know that they are there and ready to help, and thank you to all those generous volunteers. So there you go. That, look, just a draft. Needless to say, though, um, uh, in a massive debt, massive hole, there's going to be things that are cut Rwani, and it may have to be or not, the CAB. That's, um, that's absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, working, um, I worked for Fair Go for a number of years, oh. and, you know, so often they had done so much of the legwork for us already, you know, because really? people had gone there. That was their first port of call, was always the Citizens Advice Bureau, and they'd done so much other legwork. They'd written letters, and, I mean, this is, um, you know, there, there has to be something done and some kind of central government intervention to try and help keep these afloat because they are absolutely vital. 
those organisations. Well, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's so vital, the work that's done. We heard that story earlier. So that's a, more than 160,000 people in Aucklanders a year would be saying something similar about navigating wow. bureaucracy, accessing their legal rights. Now, think of how many people from the floods will be in that position yeah. of needing to deal yeah. with bureaucracy, possibly insurance companies, legal counsel, all of those is sort of things. Other, is there some other option that you can save $2 million a year and actually um, point to people online? Yeah. Yeah, but they, yeah. Have, they would wow. have to be. Yeah. And we've got the – it's a volunteer resource. It's a volunteer resource. Yeah. About over 800 people that are providing this volunteer resource. So does is it sort of paying its own way to a large degree? Yes. Yes, it really is. So Absolutely. I, it needs to be kept. Okay. Uh, also, um, EV charges, uh, clarification, Cass Carter came in on the program and said there were just two fast charges in the whole of Wellington area. Uh, Stephen Newton said uh, there are fast charges in the city. These are them. Uh, they Z Vivian Street, 68 Interwood Place, Moore Wilson's Corner of Torrey and College Street, 11 Barnett Street, Gray Street. So there are slow charges also all over the city for those who don't have off-street overnight parking in Newtown, Kilburnie, Karori, Miramar. Each have fast charges. So thank you for that, Steve. And this one we'll come back to. Uh, the school term and the amount of holidays does not equate to a modern working family, said Simon Pound. We'll come back uh, to this later, but such a big response. Um, someone says, remember when we had three terms, the introduction of four terms was supposed to decrease the long summer holiday. All it's done is decrease the number of school weeks. Uh, and uh, here's one. Flexible schools may be cheaper after school and holiday programs. Perhaps they are horrendously expensive and out of reach of many grandparents. It's what we do. Look to Denmark. They have a much shorter school day as well. As an ex-teacher, I say no to short holidays. Teachers often work through all of the two-week breaks. PD, meetings, planning. We're lucky to get a couple of days rest. People out there have, who have never worked in a classroom have no idea of just how exhausting teaching is at all levels. We'll come back to that. But time for I've Been Thinking. Ryan Pereira, take it away. Um, I think you like this one better, um, Wallace. I'll go with it. Um, I've just noticed, I don't know, over the holidays, meeting up with friends, um, looking on social media, um, and I think it's, you know, post-COVID era, um, but a lot of my friends and acquaintances are going grey and um, bumped into a friend, actually a, an old uh, uni friend, and, you know, she knew me immediately and I just had to take a breath and, and, and take a beat uh, before I recognised her because she was au natural, full grey. Um, and, yeah, it's just kind of struck me, you know, there's a lot of – people that are, uh, you know, ditching the die and, yes. um, you know, embracing the thing. And I'm into my fifth decade just recently. So um, it's something I see my uh, my hairdresser. Are you there, Romani? More regularly. Uh, yeah. You're yeah. breaking up yeah. uh, there, but look, this is oh, such sorry. this is such a great topic, and uh, I'm noticing it as well. It's it's a because it's a big issue. It's a big issue for both men and women, but it's it's a it is a big issue for uh, people, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, particularly I think for women, you know, yeah. men have this cute salt and pepper, you know, those yeah. kinds of terms and everything, and for women, you know, I'm on 
I'm a TV journalist. You can, you know, name on one hand, I'm sure, how many grey-haired female uh, anchors, reporters, et cetera, there are. So, yeah, it's a thing. I think eventually one day I will, but I'm just not ready yet. <laughs> Great topic, um, yeah. Bane, I don't know, but yeah. yeah. No, not ready yet. There are bigger things to worry about. Yeah, Kiruani, we might come back to that actually. Uh, the, 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 I guess, the pressures of uh, having to die here. Very good, James Elliott. Friday afternoon. I've been thinking. Well, I had another topic, but I actually like Ruani's second topic yeah. that she raised today: overhead luggage. Good. And the essence oh, of it oh. was that these rules are simply not enforced by the airlines. So I went to the trouble of looking at Air New Zealand's website. Hang on. What first? First, what's the problem? Yeah. So much of it, right, yep. Rani? That you're, you're the yes, one who probably so travels a lot. So. Yep. Okay, okay, two, three, four, uh, five. Who yep. owns? Rani? Yep. Carry on luggage. So people are taking far too much carry on and clogging up all the overhead bins, causing absolute chaos. You're having to put luggage at other ends of the plane from when you're departing, and it's causing headaches and chaos. Are you finding this, James? Oh, you absolutely. want to talk about it? Absolutely, yeah. No, it's just it's it's never enforced. I think there's one of these rules where the social fabric can but, be torn but, but apart. There are, but there are no rules, are there? You, it's 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 first come, first serve. If you bring three pieces of luggage with you, and there are three spaces wherever they are, take them. Well, if I can refer you to no. Air New Zealand's own website, Wallace, yep. just for a minute here. Carry on size, measuring a bag's length, width, and height, and adding the three measurements together, the total can only come up to 118 centimeters. You can only have something that measures and not cannot exceed twenty-two centimeters. One carry-on bag on economy Never fares enforced. and a small Never item. Never enforced. Never it, enforced. It, it is is an unenforceable rule. It, actually, oh, a rule. Romani. Yeah, I talked to staff and they were just shaking their head. They're so frustrated by it as well. But there's no point there at the end of it. You know, they can't enforce it then. Um, I think the problem is airlines are now charging for you know just a seat. Plus, you, you have to pay extra uh, for bags, and that should, you know, I think that's the problem there. People are wanting to save the 20 bucks or something like that, and um, they take literally the kitchen sink. Got it. And Rewind I'm it. really, really sick of it. Rewind it, put it out, James Elliott, the panel.